Kindness. Why kindness? Because it makes a difference. For connection. Kindness can change lives. It's contagious. The science says you'll be glad you did. Kindness is the key to a healthier, happier world. Why kindness? While no one answer is the same, one thing is clear. Kindness is something we all know, but do we know why it matters? I'm your host, Jacqueline Lindsay, co-founder CEO of Kindness.org, and you're listening to Why Kindness. Hi, friends. Welcome to the first ever Why Kindness podcast episode. I am so honored to welcome our inaugural guest to this show. Joanna Garcia Swisher is a woman of many talents. She's an actor, activist, founder of The Happy Place, an incredible wife and mother. Today, you're going to hear why kindness matters to her and how she's choosing it in her world today. I am such a huge fan of her. And with that, I am so thrilled to welcome you to our show. Why Kindness, Joe? Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you today. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you. Um, Where are you calling in from today? I'm in Tampa, Florida, which is where I live now. Okay. (laughs) You want to know where I'm calling in from? Yes. St. Petersburg. No way. Yes. We could have done this in person. I know. (laughs) Next time. Next time. Oh my gosh. Are you Um, about to get rained on? Because I'm starting to hear the thunder. Okay. We might might have to, yeah, um, somehow do the, get the thunder out of here. But (laughs) hi, thank you so much for being with us. Um, We're going to dive straight in. And we really just love opening up with this big idea of why kindness. So what would you say to that question? Why kindness? Um. why not? I mean, it's, it's, it should be, um, it should be essential. It should be what we lead with. Um, it feels much better to be kind than it feels to not be kind. Um, it's, it's kind of, you know, a mutually beneficial (laughs) Mm -hmm. way of living. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's that simple. Where did you learn about kindness? You know, I think that that's, it obviously starts, I think, in the home. You know, I had really wonderful parents. And I think that is, you know, when it's modeled for you, I think that that is key. Because, you know, everyone has different personalities and uh, different tendencies and um, and different reactions to things. And I think especially as we get older and as we experience life and, and whatever, you know, traumas and, and you know, successes and failures along the way, it definitely shapes the way we react to situations. Um, but I think if you really learn at an early age to kind of, to act with kindness and, and, and I, I went to a school that was really all about kindness. Hmm. Um, and so I think that it just really ingrained that in me. I think along the way we lose that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have memories as a child where there was a moment where you really experienced or saw kindness in a way that felt tangible and you really understood the realness of it? Well, yeah. I mean, I think just watching my parents walk through the world, my dad was a physician, he was an OBGYN. And so he was a very kind and like gentle man. Um, And my mom was just this like beautiful, artistic, kind of eccentric little ray of sunshine. And I also went, like I said, I went to a school that really led with that. It was mm-hmm. almost more important to learn that than it was anything mm-hmm. in a book. Not to say that it wasn't, you know, a challenging academic experience, but at the end of the day, you know, we went to school, you know, in nature with a lot of animals and 
Um, and it really was a part of the ethos of, of my, you know, upbringing. Um, and so I think I saw that, you know, I, I vividly remember even to this day, I would get stopped anywhere to this day. I get stopped and people are saying, say, will say to me, like your father delivered my child and, you know, and, and so there was just like such a loving spirit to, you know, the way I was raised that Mm -hmm. I think it was just, it comes natural. That's not to say, you know, I wasn't, I'm sure I was a jerk. My brother, if he were on this podcast with me right now, he'd be like, oh, she was such a pain. (laughs) (laughs) Is he older or younger? He's two years older. And I tortured him like in every way that a little sister should. (laughs) That's good. Maybe, maybe in a way that is kindness. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What was the school? It sounds so dreamy. Um, it was, it was called, uh, independent day school at the time. And it was really dreamy. And it's funny because it was like in these like trailers and it was very progressive. And, um, looking back now as a parent, um, I'm like, Oh, that surprises me that my parents would choose a school like that for us, but they really believed in the way that they, you know, taught. Uh, and, and now, um, I'm very lucky that I get to send my girls there. So. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So that's <laughs> incredible carrying a tradition on. How old, how old are your, your daughters? My, I have a 10 year old and I have a seven year old. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and they're both so different. Um, and speaking of kindness, because I, I was actually, it kind of provoked a thought when we were talking about, you know, I was saying different personalities. Like my husband always says, you're so much nicer than me. And I think my husband's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I look at my kids, they both are kind in very different ways. And so my oldest daughter is like a bleeding heart, like much like myself, where it's just like, it just comes very natural. And my younger daughter really, um, like she struggles a lot with seeing people like, you know, struggling and suffering. And so when kids get, you know, are made fun of, or someone, if she sees someone that's, um, struggling with homelessness, that really affects her tremendously. So it's interesting how they relate to, but, but my, and my older daughter's too kind to the point where she won't be, she can't, it's hard for her to advocate for herself. And my younger daughter has zero issue advocating for herself. So they're kind to themselves in different ways too. Yeah, I think that's the exact example of the spectrum of kindness. It's yeah. understood by all, and yet it manifests so differently within each of us. Yeah, what, is, what does it look like now as an adult? And uh, you know, we'll we'll t- talk a little bit about um, your professional career, but now where you are today, what does kindness look like in your day to day life, and how are you modeling it for your your daughters? Um, I think with curiosity, I think that, you know, I, um, I just actually bought a book this morning, um, that I'm really excited to read. I'll, um, it's called how to make America less mean by David Brooks. Mm. Um, and I was kind of reading about, I'm, uh, an avid reader. So <laughs> this is adding to my like giant stack of books that I have next to me to read. Um, and it was really just talking about, um, how we relate to one another and that we have a sort of a relational crisis in our country, um, which I thought was really interesting to, to look a little bit deeper into, because I do really think that that is the core of, you know, how you walk through the world with curiosity, with, 
you know, it's not just, we judge people all the time. We judge things all the time to say that, you know, I'm not a judgmental person. Well, that's just not, I don't think that that's actually accurate. We're always sort of discerning and judging and, mm-hmm. and, you know, taking things in all the time, um, which is an important thing to do. But if you have a level of curiosity and a level of love, like a, you know, sort of a coming from a place of love, mm-hmm. even with a stranger, Um, I find that those reactions, those quick reactions that you have, um, are a little bit easier to navigate. And I find that, you know, you're able to just relate in a much kinder way. It's hard to sometimes not feel overwhelmed by negativity that's sort of thrown at you. And, um, and that's not even because of what I do. I mean, we all experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I think that it's an epidemic, a lack of kindness. It's really an epidemic in our world. And um, and the only way that I feel like, you know, we can combat it is to just model it. And my friend posted something the other day and I was like, that's really, it was, it was basically just about staying curious and staying, you know, and loving and not judging. And, and I think that is just a really lovely message of just, uh, you know, taking a deep breath. <laughs> yes. I love it's that. so easy to get, you know, traffic can make you mean. It's like, yep. you know, people like people's reactions to things can make you mean. It's like, I try to try to model that with my kids or at least give them a thought, you know, when, um, you know, they experience something that isn't very nice. I always say, well, let, like, let's talk about the person. That's sort of mm-hmm. behaving that way. That's not to say that you have to accept that behavior on any level. I'm like very clear with my boundaries, especially as I get older. Um, but just kind of giving a little understanding, a little, a little bit more of a thought into the why of it all. The why, exactly. I so much richness in what you just said. Um, I'd love to unpack a little bit of what you're hitting on, which is the complexity of kindness and this idea that we all can choose or not choose it. And we're reacting in the moments, but if we have that posture of curiosity and openness and a willingness to see someone beyond the immediate judgment, we might feel what that can do. Um, do you have any examples yourself where you've witness that or experience that where you've either felt judged by someone or you realized you were judging <laughs> go someone. On my, go on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, yes. I mean, a hundred I mean, not like this conversation is applicable to every single person in the world. Right. The fact that I do what I do, right. um, adds another layer of exposure, if you will, to a lot of people that just simply just don't know me making assumptions. I just did a show where I hosted a show about queer love. And if you were to read some of the hate that was thrown my way, um, it was shocking to me, you know, not just from, you know, it was all, it was so layered. And one of the, the cast members wrote me and said, I'm, I'm really sorry you're experiencing this. And I hate this for you. And I was like, Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. But I can't say that it wasn't like, you know, shocking. It wasn't, you know, where you're just like, well, why, why not me for this Hmm. like experience? I, I have a deep, you know, 
love and passion and understanding and a curiosity and compassion and all of the things like why not why wouldn't I be someone that would be the right person to kind of help navigate this experience with these people am I am I a queer person no but am I an ally absolutely you know it's just like so those were the things that were really hard for me to grapple with um but again you know it's like for for my work, that's where it does separate because my work is like, okay, well, there's an editing room and there's things that come out and, you know, there's people like it's entertainment. And so I have to kind of just like put that aside in a lot of ways. But when you really, you know, that's why I feel like it's, you know, getting away from social media and those kind of things and actually getting to know people and meet people. And that's why it's so important. And that's why I feel really adamant about my kids not being on social media or not having cell phones and um, you know, access to all of that junk that even someone as therapized as I am (laughs) and, uh, you know, and confident in who I am at this point can still get really rattled. I mean, Mm -hmm. I spent hours talking to my best friends, some of which were, you know, members of the queer community, the LGBTQIA community that were like, this is nuts. I never imagined this. I was like, I didn't imagine it either, but it was hard. It was really hard. So that was just, you know, just recently for me. Recently. And, you know, I think this is, it's a big topic, especially parents. Everyone's thinking about the role of social media on our mental health and what it's doing to allow for more of the cyberbullying and this idea of such extreme views showing up and you can say so much more behind a screen. Yeah. Um, when, and, and so you're an incredible actor, um, and we're recording this right now during the strike. So we're going to limit how much we get into any of your, (laughs) your work and your portfolio, but amazing career, you know, you've done so much through it and that does put you more in the spotlight in a way, you know, where you're more prolific and people have that kind of response. Um, what do you do to navigate that for yourself as Joe, as a mom, as a human, like not as an actor, but just as a person? Um, what does that look like for you? Um, you know, I just try to hold on to what is real, which is the experience for me. So I look at like the actual, why it's so important to me when I choose jobs that they're, that I'm excited about the people that I'm going to work with, that I, you know, show up every day, my best self. And I expect that of my coworkers as well, because that experience is really all we have. Then it gets like edited and put music put to it. And, you know, the notes and the, this and the, that go back and forth. That's really beyond that. And then it gets put out into the airwaves and then people have their opinions about it. And Mm -hmm. so, but I go back to kind of trying to be in the moment and like not get outside of myself of what I can and can't control. And I mean, look, you know, there's not one thing that's going to please everyone. So, you know, I, I try to choose my work based on what I feel like is like important to me. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that right now, especially the, the work that I'm doing and the work that I'm really excited about in the near future is all based on, you know, there's a level of like joy that's attached Mm -hmm. to it. And, and, you know, there's an intimate look on, you know, navigating life, the highs, the lows, the trials, the tribulations. And I want people to be able to relate to what I'm doing right now. 
kind of strike a nerve in a good way, make you yeah. think a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to just stay in what I can control, which is the the actual experience and the act of it, not worry as much. I mean, is it amazing to see something, you know, succeed and, and resonate? And yes, those are all incredible things and essential to like my next job. But right, um, right. so I do care about the outcome very much. Um, yeah. But I also just try to hold on to the experience. I love it. What um, within character development have you learned about human kindness and compassion? You know, you assume all of these different roles and people, these characters that you have to embody, you do it beautifully. You're so talented. Thank you. How has that journey, if at all, shaped your perspective or understanding of how kindness shows up in ways that maybe you didn't know as Joe? Yeah. Um, well, it's just honestly stepping into someone else's shoes, you know, and, and I think that that is, we all have our own, you know, traumas and crap that we, everything kind of gets filtered through as we get older. And so <laughs> stepping into those other filters and really, um, and honestly, that's why, I mean, I fall so deeply in love with the writers that I work with, because mm -hmm. I love it when I see like there's a reaction to something and something's written where it may not be, I would have been like, wow, I would definitely have not reacted like this to this situation. Why? The why, the understanding. And, you know, um, like I said, it all comes back to that curiosity, that loving curiosity of just trying to understand where someone's coming from. And mm -hmm. um, I think generally people are very good. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's not to say that there is not evil in this world. There is most definitely, you know, I'm, I don't have blinders on to that. And that's not to say that I accept like bad behavior. Cause I don't. And mm -hmm. anybody that knows me knows that I have, like, I do have really like, firm yeah. boundaries for certain yeah. things. I'm like, that is not acceptable on any level. Yeah. Um, but I also think that you can be kind in those moments too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us, a lot of our work, it is reminding people, most people want to do good most of the time. And yeah. there's like a few bad apples and uh, every human has the capacity for kindness. We just don't always activate it, but it's there within each of us. And we all yes. have the power to do or not do it, to choose it or not choose it. And our first organizational value is to be curious. It's It's really coming at this work with questions and an open mind. And I just love how much you're reinforcing that because I don't think a lot of people see it in that lens, to be honest. And it's really refreshing to have oh. your perspective in that way. It's really encouraging. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I feel like it's so simple too. It's not something that, you know, just, it's not like a complex process. Mm. It's just simply you know, taking a deep breath and asking the why, why is this happening? And, and surrounding yourself by people that are also willing to ask those, those same questions, because exactly. I can definitely get myself in a tizzy and I have my, you know, my, my tribe, my people, my husband, and I can just say, you know, yesterday in Carline, I had this moment. <laughs> at this moment where I was like, I was in the, on like the like lower school side. And then they were like, well, you have to go way down that line and get it. I go, so I, I go, I have to get in a second car line. I thought I was like, just going to peek across. And they were like, no. And I was just like, oh, my, and it was pouring <laughs> rain. And I had my little one in the car and I was just so 
uh-huh. frustrated. And she said to me, she said, I know how frustrated you are. Why were you so nice to that guy? And I said, well, I mean, he's got a lot on his plate. He's like directing mm-hmm. traffic <laughs> at school dismissal. And right. it's not his fault that the upper school line isn't moving. And I like, I can kind of see what he means. Like, yes, is this going to cause us to be here for another 35 minutes? Yes. Yeah. It's really annoying, but like, it's not his fault, <laughs> like you know? Yeah. So she really was like, I know how annoyed you are, <laughs> but like, why didn't you tell him that? I, was like, oh. I love that story. Give the guy a break. <laughs> that that's the thing. Now I'm, I'm a newer mom and uh, had been at this work pre pre being a mom. And now I have a three and a five-year-old. They both oh. just started school one that's joined went to kindergarten big yeah. moment big oh. moment all the all the emotions yesterday I can imagine yes yes um and oh. learning about car lines which who knew that that would be where your patients get tested yes. more than having a three and five year old <laughs> absolutely and just wait until they start to like relate to their classmates and yeah. navigating all of that you're just like you really do have to exhibit the you know especially when you know kids say things to your kids last year my daughter like she got called a teacher's pet and mm. um and that she was like too nice this and is I the was older like, one I'm assuming yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was so hurt by that mm. she was so hurt and she was like I'm just sick of hearing that like it's not true and this that and the other and it was hard because how do you say you know she was really having her feelings in that moment and mm-hmm. and I said you know sometimes the that people will criticize the things they admire most in you. And so you just have to keep being true to yourself and, and lead by example. And, you know, and even if you're not feeling like a leader, you don't have to, you don't have to have that responsibility. You can just, just keep doing you. That's really wise. Because um, it's hard though. Cause you just, I wanted to like, just take that little girl aside and be like, Hey, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to be very kind to you right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really, really, really sound wisdom. Um, and I'm going to carry that with me like, <laughs> what, what my little ones are going through. I, you have a, maybe a couple of years, but it'll yeah. get there. You'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I do want to talk about another big initiative that you have created, The Happy Place. Um, yeah. So would love to hear from you what prompted it, what, well, what it is, what prompted it. Um, and yeah, just tell our audience, this is this is your tribe. This is your virtual yeah. like people yeah. all around the world the who are going to get in. it. Yes. <laughs> so tell. I want to hear all about it. Well, it was. It started in a as sort of a more design focused blog or destination, if you will, where it. I started to kind of share my love for interior design, and I felt like I could really hang my hat on that because I was like, it's not so much like personal, and I mean, it's personal to me. It was my little happy place in creating that. We had sort of this vision for it, and then as time went on, and I started to feel like we started to gain some followers, and I started to get to know people, and um, it felt very different than my public Instagram, Joe Garcia Swisher. And so it felt like this like little space where I was excited to share projects that I was doing with my kids or recipes or things that I loved. And it felt really personal. And it Mm -hmm. really was just kind of pulling the curtain on what my happy place was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I lost my dad very suddenly, um, over like a few weeks 
And, um, and I thought, how am I ever going to be happy again? Like, this is, this is impossible. And, um, what I realized was that like within grief and there's a duality, there can be joy. And so, um, I, you know, a whole other layer of the happy place sort of revealed itself. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really just a piece of my heart. I don't share things on there that I don't love. Um, as we've gotten on in the years at the happy place, I have, um, I've gotten less, I've gotten further away from being like, well, no, I'm not an influencer. You know, these conversations Mm -hmm. where you're just like, Mm -hmm. I felt I put a lot of like rules on what it was going to be or what I would share there. But now I'm like, well, people want to know what I just did a story on my favorite white t-shirts. White t-shirts make me happy. Yeah. I mean, my husband's like, how many more of these do you need? And I was like, well, they're, they're essential. Yeah. And I need to try all of them in the whole wide world. And so I just, gave myself a break mm-hmm. and said, just talk. And we have amassed this like incredibly loving, positive, delightful following that I just can't tell you how it's healed me. It's carried me through. It has given me a purpose when to look at the bright side, when I didn't mm-hmm. feel that way at all. It's put focus on traditions and gifts Mm -hmm. and stories that I was raised with. My, since my dad died a a little over a year later, I lost my grandmother. And two weeks later, I lost my mom. And so I've lost a lot, um, in the last few years. And so navigating what that what that joy, what my happy place looks like in the midst of all of that. I just, it saved me in many ways. And I also think, you know, like there's the, I want it. I want everyone to feel like they're a part of it too. You know, I want other stories to be told there. I want, you know, we have so many goals of we're, you know, we have, as soon as the strike lifts, we have some incredible, exciting news to share about how it's growing and changing and the company's like taking on a shape, but, but the idea, the ethos, the message, I was just talking to Nick about this last night because I was saying, I have such a clear cut vision for what this is for the movement, for the, you know, when you come to the happy place that you can take a deep breath, you can be inspired, you cannot feel like you can't do it. I mean, there's nothing on the happy place that is like Pinterest perfect. Yeah. It's real. It's like there's a crock pot involved and an air fryer and there's nothing too complicated, but it's all like, it's what I cook for my family. I mean, I made, yeah. I shot yesterday, I made this amazing pasta. That's what we had for dinner, you know? So it was like, it's, it's just glimpse into my world, but my, but my, the greatest joy of it is that it's an, a place that we can all share. Um, and that as we grow and expand, um, that anything that has, you know, is a part of the happy place is something that, you know, feels like everybody's a part of. 
I love it. I um, will definitely include all of it in the show notes and direct people there. Um, I'm curious for someone listening, what would you say to the person who doesn't know their happy place? How do you guide someone to think about how to get to what their own happy place would be? So I, I've shared this story before, but I worked with this amazing healer mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. It was right after my dad died. And I was feeling really, I just shot season one of Sweet Magnolias and I was feeling really just kind of like, I don't know what the show is. I've just lost my dad, but I was just feeling really depleted. And I was having these, I was, we were doing this meditation and this healer, this woman came up to me and she was like, you know, you can't quit acting. And I was like, why would you say that? And she said, well, it's why, why, how do you even know that I'm thinking about that in this moment? Hmm. And she said, it's just so important because when people are lost, when people need a break, when people need to turn their minds off, when people need to be entertained, whatever it may be that what we do, the art form of, you know, creating television shows and movies and for people to experience Mm-hmm. that they're somehow honing their stone. They're feeling mm-hmm. emotions. I mean, I don't do horror films, but even to the extent of like, they're being scared out of their brains, yeah. but like, and she said, and the stories that you're telling are real and inspirational and relatable and all of those things. And so she said, it helps people find their way. And that's not, I don't want to make my job seem more important than it is. But I think that by sharing and by opening yourself up to experiencing another thought or another way of life or being inspired, it helps you find your way. It's, it's, it's social media at its best, mm-hmm. connecting people, telling stories. It's, you know, connecting at its best. And I think that that would be the one thing that I, the one thing I feel like I hope that I can do. And, and part of why I share my grief at the happy place is because there is all of that. Like it's so mm-hmm. layered and it's so never ending. It's not like, you know, I woke up today and I was in tears because I saw this woman on Instagram who lost her father in the same month that I did. And she was listening to a Taylor Swift song that I listen to and makes me think of my parents. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is like important. These are important feelings. Yeah. And these are, you know, and so finding your way by connecting, by you know, not recoiling. And, and that's what I hope the happy place does. You may not like the, you know, hummus that I recipe that I share, but it's like the experience of coming there, what I want you to see, what I want you to feel. Um, you know, I hope that in some way helps you find your happy place too. And, and also getting people to look inward. You know, I, I say right. people ask me a lot about design. So I, that's what I went to school for. And I, I say like good design is a home that reflects you forget the trends. And so if someone, you know, you have a coffee table book that someone leans into or a trinket, or if you like cuckoo clocks, collections are some of my favorite design. Yeah. You know, like go for it. Yeah. Lean into the cuckoo clocks. (laughs) Um, That's your happy place. That's good design. When someone walks into your home and they feel you, that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I went off on a tangent there a little bit, but no, I think, um, uh, doing cuckoo clocks will definitely be one of our taglines for, for, for promoting this. That <laughs> was amazing. Cuckoo clocks. <laughs> <Do your> cuckoo <laughs> clocks. Um, and thank you for, for 
walking us through, um, and being open to share your grief and grieving process. Um, with this work, we've always replied to every email we receive and we've received just thousands from around the world. And it's so often people looking to kindness as a, an opportunity to connect or to heal or to find solace or comfort in a time of pain. And I don't think I've ever had someone explain it that way where, where there's grief, there can be joy. And I just think that's such a beautiful way for people that are navigating grief and loss to think about how to have hope and how to walk through that. Um, so thank you for sharing that journey with us. And and I am so sorry for thank you. that kind of loss. That's a lot to go through. Um, but I bet they are so inspired to see how you've used it to now give to so many people through the happy place. Um, and yeah. so I'm sure it's brought great joy. I have, I have no doubt there, right. They're not even shining down. I think they're like right here. <laughs> yes. They're dancing alongside of this. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, Joe. Thank you. Um, and so is it, I'm curious, is it something they people follow or is there a way to get involved or what does it look like to become a part of the happy place community? Well, right now um, it's an online destination. So we have a website okay. where we, you know, share everything and then and we have an Instagram and um, yeah, that's right now. Right now, yes, right now, wink, wink. Yes, <laughs> more to come, everyone. More to come. <laughs> we, there, there will be other ways to uh, to connect. Okay. okay, amazing. So, what our audience doesn't know is before <laughs> before we started recording, I heard some Spanish happening. Oh, so yeah. I know Garcia is in your name, but yeah, tell me what that background is and connection is to Spanish. Well, um, my father came over from Cuba when he was mm. 14 years old. Um, and it's just who I am. I mean, people yeah. don't really ever, um, they're like, you're Latina. And I'm like, yeah, do you speak Spanish? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I, I don't know how else to say it, except that it's like very, my Latin roots, my heritage is very much a part of my daily life. I mean, I speak Spanish daily. I, um, I, and, you know, my family, uh, many of our traditions are based on it. Some of our favorite foods are based on our, my Latin, my Latin heritage. And, um, it's just, it's, so it is, it's funny when people are like, they're so surprised by it yeah. because, um, it just, it's a part of you. It's a part of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it was a kindred moment because very similarly, um, people think the same about me. My last name pre-marriage was Sandraman and I didn't oh. keep it, but my dad came from Peru when he was a boy, a teenager, um, and, and moved to Peru or moved to New York from Peru. Oh. Uh, and, uh, interestingly, but, but we, I veer a little bit here. He was really running away from Peru. So he didn't want to raise me embracing that. Um, but then when I was a teenager, he realized what, what have I done? This is who yeah. she is. This is her mm-hmm. heritage. Um, and so now I fully have embraced it and I moved there after college and, um, yeah, I'm really close with, with my family there and, um, have now tried to figure out how to integrate it into my boys' lives. And yeah. so I, I love that. And, but yeah, a lot of people are like, huh, you, you know, freckled skin. And I'm like, I know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We <laughs> do exist. Peruvian. <laughs> yes. Um, my dad had something similar, you know, my dad was like, came over 
you know, it was not the best of circumstances Mm -hmm. in Cuba when he um, came to this country. And I think he really wanted to fit in. And so I always, if it weren't for my abuela, I don't know that I would speak Spanish fluently. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad really was like kind of traumatized by that experience. Yeah. But as we got older, it was, it became different. I mean, look, you know, my Cuban family, most of them speaks only Spanish. So it was like, it was still very much around us. So I'm sure he relied heavily on that, but like he spoke English to us, um, which I always am like, what, why didn't you, why don't, you know, but my Oella did that for us, which I'm super grateful. But yeah, I think that that has that, I think that people, a lot of people that immigrate could probably somehow that they could relate to that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, There it's, chasing the American dream. And, Mm -hmm. uh, similarly, he did a lot to try and fit in. Um, and now it, we've all as a family taken stock of how it all shaped us as kids. I come from a huge family and, uh, um, and I, I do talk to about the role my parents played in teaching me kindness. And I think for him, it was the idea that, you know, he showed up poor. It was very much like no money in his pocket kind of thing. And, um, that gave him, it it gave him something to equip us that every human, regardless of their wallet or name, you know, or background is a person first. Um, and so I do credit both my parents for really instilling that idea in me. And I think a lot stemmed from that. Um, yeah. 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 It's so true. It definitely, I feel like modeling that and even just not even like beating over the head with it. Mm-hmm. It's like just watching it. Yeah. Does so much. Gosh, there's so many things I would want to keep asking you about. I'm curious if there's anything for you when you think of kinder world, the mission of a kinder world that you would want to say to our audience or you would want to speak to that you haven't yet. Oh, gosh. That's such a good question. I mean, I think that that these type of, it feels like that you're following and your listeners, the people that are part of your tribe, Mm -hmm. um, probably are very similar to that at the happy place. And that, like, I think that that those movements are super important. Mm -hmm. Just the idea that we're having this conversation, that that's what we're putting out into this world, that we're talking about it and, and, and making it important. Mm -hmm. Um, and not shying away from this. I don't know. Do you, do you get this stuff? Like, uh, so my favorite word is grateful. And I watched this whole like comedy spoof on like how annoyed they are that people like love that word. And I was like, wow, I have so much gratitude. I like, like the hate, the kindness haters right? where you're like, okay. So I feel like, you know, we're like vigilantes, if you will. We're like, no, we believe in good things, (laughs) but I just think it's so important to put this out into the world. And it's, uh, it's all that I, you know, care about doing. It's what is going to, you know, in the near, very near future, be the sole focus of my career Mm -hmm. as an actor and, um, as a creator. And I just feel like it's so important. And I, um, I feel really grateful to be a part of your community now. Um, but I think it's really, it's important to continue to, you know, to focus on it, make it a priority. Exactly. Couldn't plus one. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, since we started, we had so many naysayers and, and they'd be like, Jacqueline, what? You're giving up your career to focus on kindness? Like they just there was no way to understand that this could be a real thing, a real job, a real organization, a nonprofit. 
Um, I said, yeah. And we're doing it by asking questions and coming at it with curiosity and then figuring out how to do that science, the scientific work and build the tools to help people to choose it. Cause it isn't always easy, um, necessarily. Uh, and our big focus has been kids and, um, it has been hard and humbling and I do have to sit with gratitude daily to remind myself I'm doing work that motivates me. That's hard. That gets me out of bed. And it's a puzzle. It's really hard work because it's, we're doing it in a way that's just never been done before. Um, so yeah, thank you. I'm going to so exciting forward. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I am so impressed and supportive and all of the above. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I'm going to just do, it's like five questions, but it's just like, on the spot thinking. Oh God. Um, no, you're going to be great. Um, okay. So define kindness in one word. Love. Mm, love it. Um, if you could get everyone around the world to do one kind act right now, what would you have them do? Say thank you. Mm. Have a little gratitude. So good. You said what book you're reading, but um, what is on your Spotify music list or Pandora <laughs> or whatever you listen to? <laughs> right now, it's it's all Taylor Swift right now, but I'm also just a rabid country music fan. So I'm oh, like, you know, okay. rocking out to Kelsey yeah. Ballerini, Miranda Lambert, like all of my, so all of my queens. Um, as an aside, did you see Taylor in Tampa? Yes, I did. So did I. Which I night did you go? Religious moment, the Thursday. Oh, me too. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Um, Who do you credit for kindness? You kind of spoke to this, but yeah. Who do you want to say thank you to? My parents. Your parents. Amazing. Um, And anything that you would want people to know um, as they, as we part ways, um, what would you want to leave them with? Um, Wow. That's so, that's a big one. Um, anything that I, I don't know why I'm hearing to say this, but that everything's going to be okay. We're all good. Yeah. It's perfect. Thank you. Um, and then, yes, we were so grateful. Our first season is sponsored by our friends at Verizon. They're dear partners of ours. And we always like to end with an action and encouraging people to choose kindness. So it's an invitation that you can text someone or call someone, um, whatever your comfort level is, but just letting them know that you're grateful for them, which ties so nicely to what you would want people to do. Um, so if you're up for it, we'd either love to know who you would want to text, or you could reach out now and tell us who you're going to say thank you to. Um, I'm going to say thank you to Bob Merrick. Bob Merrick. Yes. He, we work together and he is like my sounding board he has an, un- he's incredibly kind, but he also, um, has just this like really deep and special way of looking at the world and, and helps right. me navigate when I get into a tizzy. So I'm grateful to you, Bob. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Why Kindness podcast sponsored by our friends at Verizon. To learn more about everything you heard today from our wonderful guest, definitely check out our show notes. We hope you're leaving this episode inspired and reminded that every kind act truly does make a difference. We'd love to hear how you're choosing kindness in your day-to-day. We write back to every email, so let us know what you think. 
and please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This podcast is one of the many ways we live out our organization's mission to educate and inspire people to choose kindness. Visit our site today at kindness.org and sign up to become a part of our global community, which spans more than 100 countries. It's free to join, and one of the many benefits includes being the first to get access to our latest research tools and even episodes of this podcast. We are so excited to get you involved in building a kinder world. Please tune in next time as we continue to explore this big question, why kindness?